there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Avantika Chilkoti, host of The Modi Raj, a new podcast from The Economist. Narendra Modi has watched over a period of rapid growth in India, but he's also the front man for a chauvinistic Hindu nationalism. Now, he's eyeing another term as Prime Minister. What will it mean for India and the world? I've been trying to get inside his head. Listen now to the Modi Raj from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Before we begin, we should note, it's not our intent to offend or attempt to convince anyone of a single explanation today. This episode is merely a look at the attempts to explain the healings credited to the waters of Lourdes over the years. Nestled in a small cave-like enclosure in the southernmost countryside of France is a natural spring. Since 1858, this spring has been a holy site of miracles and supernatural appearances. It has come to be known as the sacred waters of Lourdes. As the legend goes, the waters of the spring have healing properties. Pilgrims have flocked to the waters by the thousands in the hopes they may submerge themselves and be cured. The Catholic Church has designated the spring as a holy site and verified a number of the healings that have occurred there as bona fide miracles. Secular theorists have examined the waters at Lourdes for decades in an attempt to find another explanation for the healings. Could it be that the powers of these waters are rooted in science? Can it only be explained by the divine? Or is it a combination of both? What is the secret of the sacred waters of Lourdes. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this podcast, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every week, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries on the Parcast Network. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm your host, Molly. You can listen to previous episodes of Unexplained Mysteries, as well as all of ParCast's other shows wherever you listen to podcasts. A new episode comes out every Thursday. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast, or Twitter at ParCast Network and at ParCast.com. Some of you have been asking us how you can help support the show. Well, if you enjoy the podcast, the best way to support us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. This is our second and final episode on the sacred waters of Lourdes. Last week, we explored the history of this mysterious spring and how the world sees the fountain today. This week, we'll investigate some of the possible theories behind this mystical spring and the controversies they invoke. Still flowing today, the sacred waters of Lourdes is a natural spring in the grotto of Masabiel. 
This is a small cave in the southern French countryside that rests right along the foothills of the Pyrenees Mountains. According to the Catholic Church, the waters at this location have healing properties that, among other things, can allow the blind to see, the lame to walk, and the paralyzed to heal. Thousands of people have bathed in this spring and reported miraculous healings. Bathers have emerged from the waters with everything from healed spinal damage to mended broken bones, and in at least one case, the waters cured cancer. Many of these cases have been verified by the Vatican as miracles, meaning they are the direct work of God. Here, AP correspondent Angela Charlton describes some pilgrims that attend this miraculous healing spring. The shrine at Lourdes is reputed for its healing powers, and many of the pilgrims who came this year came in wheelchairs, some were on stretchers. Thousands of people have claimed to be cured there by the spring water coming out of the grotto at Lourdes. As is often the case in these kinds of phenomena, there are religious skeptics who have proposed that the healing properties of the waters are in fact a case of extreme, widespread delusion. Millions of people have traveled to Lourdes over the past century and a half, and yet only a small percentage report being cured. This is probably the biggest factor that leads to questions about the powers of the waters. Statistically, out of every 800,000 people who visit the waters, only one will be healed. You're more likely to be struck by lightning than be healed in the waters. Some of the most chronically ill patrons of the spring leave without experiencing any sort of cure. This statistic is difficult to verify because visitors often report a level of healing, even if no physical cure can be proven. Many people emerge from the waters and claim that they feel healed even if the specific affliction they had was not cured. These discrepancies in the spring's healing powers have led secular theorists and authors like James Randi and Rosa Rubicondior to propose alternative explanations to the spiritual power at Lourdes. Today we are exploring three major theories in regards to the waters of Lourdes. The first will look at the explanation that Bernadette faked her visions or was hallucinating and the Catholic Church capitalized on it. The second theory will consider the role that the placebo effect plays in the healings that have been reported. Finally, we will consider the possibility that the waters of Lourdes are in fact blessed with supernatural powers. You may recall that Bernadette Subaru discovered the healing spring in 1858 and saw an apparition that was later believed to be the Virgin Mary. Over the following weeks, thousands of believers flocked to the grotto with Bernadette and witnessed her as she convened with the apparition. Despite over a dozen such visits, only Bernadette ever reported being able to see the Virgin Mary. This, naturally, is a crux of the argument around the water's status as a holy site. Critics like Rosa Rubicondior have pointed out that it is quite convenient that only Bernadette could see Mary. But this is actually fairly common in Catholicism. Many saints and angels reveal themselves to just one person. In fact, Marian apparitions, or appearances of the Virgin Mary, often bless a single individual. One of the best examples of this was in 1830, when Catherine Labouré, later dubbed Saint Catherine, reported that she had seen Mary in the French convent of Rue de Bac. The Virgin Mary approached Catherine and requested that she wear a small necklace that would bear Mary's image. 
All who wore a medal with the design, designated in Catholicism as a miraculous medal, would receive graces. Throughout this entire experience, Catherine was the only one allowed to see Mary. Like those who visit the sacred waters of Lourdes, many who wear the medal have reported favors and blessings from God. But to play literal devil's advocate, relying on the account of one person does invite skepticism. According to A&E's documentary, The Sacred Waters of Lourdes, which aired in 1997, it's possible Bernadette imagined her encounters with Mary. To support this theory, skeptics point to Bernadette's malnutrition and illness as a catalyst for her visions. According to Dr. Timothy Legg, malnutrition is among six common causes of hallucinations. Scientists even attribute communal hysteria, like the Dancing Plague of 1518, which we covered in previous episodes, to mass malnutrition. Bernadette was impoverished and incredibly malnourished throughout her early life. Her dismal living situation actually stunted her growth. She and her siblings were afflicted by a number of diseases, including cholera. To make things worse, Bernadette was regularly beaten by her parents. According to the Shanghai Archives of Psychiatry, hallucinations can be a coping mechanism for extreme trauma, which included physical abuse. The mind can create auditory or visual experiences to help it process pain or other extreme emotions. Unfortunately, we don't have any psychological studies on Bernadette's mental well-being since all this occurred over 150 years ago. All of this is to say that with the benefit of modern medical science and psychology, one can draw a line from Bernadette's poor health and her parents' abuse through the religious environment she was brought up and end up at her visions. In fact, in the 1850s and 60s, the officials of the Catholic Church noted these factors as reasons for their initial doubt of Bernadette's visions. It wasn't until Bernadette told the local priest, Father Abbe Perimal, who the lady she saw was, that the Catholic Church began to believe Bernadette. After Bernadette's 16th visit, the Virgin Mary told Bernadette that she was, quote, que soy era Immaculado Concepcion, or in English, I am the Immaculate Conception. Later that night, she told Father Abbe Paramal what the lady said. The term, the Immaculate Conception, had only been defined by the Vatican four years prior in 1854. Catholic priests believed that Bernadette couldn't have known the term on her own, and thus could only have heard it from Mary, the Mother of God. We don't have an official transcript of these conversations between Bernadette and Father Peyramal, but we do know the single detail solidified the spring as a holy site. Secular critics like Rosa Rubicondior remain suspicious of Bernadette's relationship with Peyramal. Her theory is that the Father used leading questions to guide Bernadette in her statements, thus providing the church with the justification it needed to establish a holy site. But this theory runs dry, as no one can provide a deeper motivation for why Catholic officials would want to claim a remote grotto that, aside from Bernadette's claims, had no divine attributes. It really seems most likely that Father Peyramal was as skeptical back in 1858 as these skeptics are today. In fact, Catholic Church officials initially thought Bernadette was either making up her visions or seeing something unholy like a demon. 
Demonic encounters were not exactly common at the time, but the Catholic Church didn't have any reason to believe Bernadette's visions were wholly in origin. But if she wasn't hallucinating, there's also the theory that Bernadette made the whole thing up. Skeptics point to two discrepancies to back this. During Bernadette's encounters with the Virgin Mary, she was instructed to visit the grotto for 15 days in a row. On Monday, February 22, 1858, Bernadette visited the grotto for the seventh time. But this time, she was accompanied by two policemen. This was the first time since the pilgrimages began that law enforcement accompanied Bernadette. According to the Catholic Church, these policemen were there to monitor the growing crowd and to make an official statement about the girl's visits to the grotto to the local authorities. As she had done for her previous visits, Bernadette knelt before the grotto. But this time, the Virgin Mary did not appear. She told the crowd and the police officers that she saw nothing. The crowd taunted her, saying that the lady must be afraid of the police. But Bernadette said nothing and returned home. It's possible that Bernadette was afraid to perform in front of the police. Critics point to this as potential proof that Bernadette's visions weren't real. To Catholics, this was simply a test of faith. Mary subjected Bernadette to ridicule from the crowd because it takes strong faith to bring about change. The second discrepancy in the timeline comes after the 15th apparition. This was supposed to be Bernadette's final encounter with the Virgin Mary. It was also supposed to be the day that Bernadette learned the identity of her mysterious friend. 20,000 people gathered to see this visit. But Bernadette reported that the woman did not reveal her name. Instead, she told the crowd that she would continue to visit the grotto as the woman didn't say anything in the form of a farewell. Then, mysteriously, Bernadette did not return to the grotto for 21 days. We don't know why it took Bernadette so long to return. Some theorists believe this time allowed Bernadette to meet with church officials and plan her big reveal that the visiting spirit was, in fact, the Virgin Mary. This would seem out of character, though, as most trusted sources report that Bernadette hated the publicity that she received when she went to the grotto. Rosa believes Catholic clergy used this time to convince Bernadette to identify her visions as the Virgin Mary. They believe Bernadette was hesitant to agree to their plan and only agreed to claim that the spirit was Mary after she was threatened or bribed. Whatever the reason... Bernadette returned after three weeks and revealed to the crowd of believers that her visiting spirit was the Virgin Mary, and from then on, the waters were deemed holy. Since then, Bernadette is believed to have been a pious, holy woman and is a canonized saint in the Catholic Church. For many people, the declaration of validity from a religious authority, combined with reported miracles, is enough. But others propose a psychological explanation for the reported healings. Up next, we'll investigate that psychological phenomenon. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. 
and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Now, back to the story. Bernadette's involvement with the mysterious spring at Lourdes is still debated today, but the sheer number of healings that happen at Lourdes is an undeniable statistic. A large number of pilgrims walk away from the fountain at Lourdes stronger in their faith. What secular sources debate is whether those healings are accurate or a Catholic conspiracy. One of the most popular secular explanations for the sacred waters of Lourdes is that the spring is an extreme example of the placebo effect. Under this theory, the healings at the spring are the result of mind-over-matter healing. That is, the pilgrims want to be healed, so they believe they are healed, and then from that, actually feel better. In the past, the placebo effect has had a remarkably strong effect on health and recovery. One of the best examples of this was during a case study in 2002. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, scientists in Texas wanted to push the limits of the placebo effect in knee surgery. In the study, 180 patients with knee pain were separated into three groups. In one group, loose cartilage was cut away in the patient's knees. In another, the bad cartilage was flushed out. And in the third, the scientists did nothing. Incisions were made, but the patients did not receive a treatment. Despite the differing treatments, participants from all three groups reported around an equal amount of healing. In fact, some members of the placebo group reported a stronger level of maneuverability than the groups that actually received a surgery. The placebo effect is a powerful tool in psychological treatment, but it does have limitations. When it comes to broken bones and cancer, a placebo effect is very limited. The Spring at Lourdes has many documented cases in which a broken bone or a spinal injury has been cured, seemingly due to nothing more than contact with the magical waters. As you may recall from the last episode, some of the more drastic healings include Brother Leo Schwager and Alice Corteau in 1952 and 1954, respectively. Both were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis before they bathed in the water at Lourdes. Multiple sclerosis is a spinal cord disease that attacks nerve cells. To this day, there is no permanent cure. We have ways to reduce the symptoms and to reduce the pain this disease brings, but it remains chronic and incurable. According to the Catholic Church, both patients experienced a miraculous permanent recovery. As far as we know, there's no scientific explanation for their cure. The placebo effect has never been observed to improve patients with multiple sclerosis. A number of infants have also been healed by the spring at Lourdes. 
These are children who do not have the ability to speak, let alone a concept of religion. It's certainly astounding that those children would experience a full recovery without the knowledge of the spring's power. There's no chance for a placebo effect to occur when the infants weren't aware they were being given any treatment. One of the best examples of this was the baby boy who was submerged in 1858. The boy had tuberculosis, and his mother was told by doctors that he wouldn't live another 24 hours. After being submerged in the waters at Lourdes, the boy made a full recovery. That's the account of what happened, though there are no further details as to the boy's name. Skeptics point to the fact that most of what we know of the waters come from the Catholic Church itself, specifically the Lord's Medical Bureau. This bureau is a medical organization established by the Catholic Church in 1883 to investigate the miracles at Lourdes. The primary goal of the Bureau is to determine which healings are confirmed miracles and which are not. According to the institution's website, the Bureau and investigation team is composed of doctors and professionals from various religious backgrounds and areas of expertise. They claim that their investigations are unbiased and purely scientific. As we mentioned last week, the Lord's Medical Bureau receives roughly 35 claims a year. Most of these cases are dismissed quickly, but up to five might be investigated more thoroughly. If test results from these cases are deemed to be worthy of consideration, it is sent to the International Lords Medical Committee, or CMIL. This is a collection of 20 experts with various religious beliefs and areas of medical expertise. This group meets annually in Lords and investigates the cases individually and in detail. Once the scientific evidence for the case is presented, the CMIL votes. If a two-thirds majority is reached, then the case is considered inexplicable. But secular sources have their own opinions about this institution. Because the majority of the investigations take place within the organization itself, they believe that information about the miracles is being distorted in order to maintain faith in the Catholic Church. One of the most vocal skeptics of the sacred water of Lourdes is magician and theorist James Randi. Randi has built his career through the exposure of fraudulent religious figures and institutions. He believes that religion uses tricks to maintain control over people and to keep faith strong. The best examples of this research came with his exposure of televangelist Peter Popoff. Popoff was a passionate speaker in the 1980s who became famous for his ability to evoke the Holy Spirit to learn the names of strangers and the specifics of their medical conditions. James Randi was able to prove Popoff was fed information through an earpiece. Randi also targeted the sacred waters at Lourdes. From the moment he heard about their healing powers, he suspected that the fountain was a misdirection. According to Randy's book, The Faith Healers, published in 1987, one of the 70 confirmed miracles at Lourdes was actually a fake. Sergei Perrin was 35 years old when he visited the spring at Lourdes. He was suffering from recurring organic hemiplegia, or extreme paralysis, on the right side of his body. This affliction was so severe that he would often abruptly lose consciousness. That was until he visited the spring at Lourdes in October 1969. At this point, his paralysis was so far progressed that he was virtually blind. 
Assistance at the spring had to submerge him in the water. Within a few months of his pilgrimage, Perrin reported a complete recovery. His vision returned, his pain was gone, and he even regained the ability to walk unaided. With Perrin's success, the Medical Bureau at Lourdes was alerted, and they began the long and comprehensive analysis of Perrin's case. It wouldn't be until 1978, eight years after Perrin's sudden cure, that the Bureau had a ruling on his case. Because of the immediate and massive extent of his healing, Perrin's healing was determined to be a miracle. But skeptic James Randi did not share the church's faith in Perrin's recovery. He investigated the documentation of Perrin's recovery. In his book, The Faith Healers, Randi concluded that Perrin had not had a spinal tap or a brain scan prior to his visit to Lourdes. At the time, these would have been necessary tests to prove if Perrin was suffering from organic hemiplegia. There was no documentation to support a test of this kind ever took place. In fact, many of the symptoms that Perrin was experiencing, including the escalation of his disease into blindness, were common signs of hysteria. Hysteria often consists of exaggerated or uncontrollable emotions. People with hysteria have reported seeing and feeling pains and problems in their body that don't exist. In escalated hysteria, these symptoms can result in problems such as blindness and immobility. In other words, it was just as likely that Perrin was suffering from hysteria as he was from organic hemiplegia. Throughout history, hysteria has been known to respond very favorably to religious ceremonies and the placebo effect. Because of this, Randy concluded that the church falsified the reported healing. He believed that the Bureau inflated a minor healing as a miracle. Prior to Perrin's recovery, the spring had not produced a miracle for 40 years. Randy believed the church needed a reason to keep the faithful dedicated. Catholics see this as an overly critical look at the situation. Regardless of what caused his suffering, Perrin still had a remarkable recovery through the waters at Lourdes. Though Randy believes himself to have debunked this miracle, most of the faithful do not. Perrin's case remains one of the 70 confirmed miracles through the Vatican. Since this investigation in the 1970s, no other miracle has been debunked by the secular community, and the other 69 miracles remain in good standing. But the error in the approval process still raises flags for skeptics. If this case was approved through the Vatican, it proves that mistakes are possible. It's possible that other miracles were also documented despite questionable details in the facts of the case. Secular sources also point to the dwindling number of miracles in the last few decades as proof that the spring's powers were always a fake. Since the 1950s, as documentation has gotten more exact, fewer people have reported unexplained miracles. Catholics point to a growing understanding in science as the reason for this decrease. They believe we are getting better at discerning which cases are examples of placebos and thus less are being reported as miraculous. Secular sources, on the other hand, see declining numbers as proof of the demystification of the fountain. They believe it's becoming harder for the Lord's Medical Bureau to make people believe in a miracle. However, over 1.2 billion people around the world do believe, which leads us to the final explanation. Are the miracles at Lourdes real? And is the small fountain in the grotto a true gift from God? 
Coming next, we'll look into the religious explanation. Now, back to the story. 1.2 billion Catholics on our planet believe the waters of Lourdes are a sacred gift enriched with spiritual power. According to the Catholic Church, there have only been 12 approved instances of apparitions of the Virgin Mary, and her appearances to St. Bernadette count as one of them. To believe this theory, we have to accept that Mary chose to visit a poor French girl multiple times with the objective of forming a healing spring and chapel at the grotto. It seems odd that Mary, the mother of God, would appear so many times for such a simple request. In examples of divine visits in the Bible, angels appeared to deliver extremely important missions. But many of the visits that Bernadette and the Virgin Mary shared were simply for prayer and reflection. Catholics have an answer for this. Mary's presence was necessary to discover the fountain and to invoke the healings that we still see today. Catholics believe that Mary's mission from the beginning was to secure another holy site for the church. According to the Catholic Church, a humble request like this isn't strange. The second most famous Marian apparition, Our Lady of Guadalupe, has long been associated with an equally humble request. In 1531, the Virgin Mary appeared to St. Juan Diego in Mexico. Juan Diego was instructed by the visiting angelic presence to build an abbey on the hill of Tepeyac in Mexico. The local priests doubted Diego and asked him for a sign from the Virgin Mary. In response, Mary burned her image into Diego's cloak. The picture that Mary produced is one of the most recognized in the Catholic faith. It shows Mary wrapped in a blue cloak and standing on a darkened crescent moon. In the cases of Tepeyac and Lourdes, Mary asked a lower-class person to build a chapel and pray. They both honored her wishes and dedicated the rest of their lives to humbly serving God. Humility is a common theme in Catholicism, as it is one of the seven virtues that rivals the seven deadly sins. Over and over, Jesus and Mary have instructed Catholics to live simply and kindly. Following the instructions of an apparition on faith alone is an example of this principle of humility. They see Mary's plan as beyond their understanding, and they're content not to know the reasoning behind Mary's actions. That said, to further accept this theory, we have to believe that behind the spring's water, God is selecting some visitors to be miraculously healed, while other afflicted pilgrims leave the waters without any kind of recovery. It seems odd that God would choose to bless some visitors, but not all of them. But most Catholics believe that everyone who visits the fountain receives some level of healing, whether it's physical or not. They believe a spiritual healing is just as important as a physical healing. But for over 150 years, there has been no hard scientific explanation for how the waters are linked to the healings they reportedly cause. This is, of course, where the matter of faith comes in. The healings require a level of faith and belief to justify. Catholic leadership believe that only pilgrims that truly need a physical, provable healing receive one. God has a plan for all of us, and only He knows who truly needs a miracle. Of course, this is a hard justification for secular minds to agree with. James Randi and other critics believe this way of thinking is damaging. 
They believe that putting faith in a higher power simply muddies the truth. And this brings us to the final piece of this theory, and the hardest piece for secular minds to believe. In order to accept that the spring at Lourdes heals people miraculously, we need to accept that some cause or power beyond human understanding or comprehension is at play here. To Catholics and other Christians, that all-powerful deity is God. To secular skeptics, there is no proof to suggest that the water at Lourdes is any different from normal spring water. As you may recall, the spring water is fresh, but it doesn't contain a hidden ingredient or secret mineral that makes miracles. According to Anselm Lassaud's survey in 1860, the water contains oxygen, nitrogen, carbonic acid, carbonates of lime and magnesia, a trace of carbonate of iron, an alkaline carbonate or silicate, chlorides of potassium and sodium, traces of sulfates of potassium and soda, traces of ammonia, and traces of iodine. All of these ingredients are common in natural springs. To this day, the water is considered pure and healthy, but also ordinary. Asking a secular source to believe in a higher power working through the water at Lourdes hits the very root of this argument. Some people believe, others don't. But belief hasn't stopped non-religious people from being healed at the spring. Although most of the miracles have been worked on Catholics, many non-Catholic pilgrims have felt the wonders too. One of the most recent cases was Sergei Francois, a TV repairman who lived in La Celle et Chapelle Aubry in western France. He suffered from a herniated disc in his spine that left him immobile. On April 13, 2002, at the age of 56, Francois made the trip to Lourdes as a last-ditch effort. He had tried surgery and doctors for two years before he decided to bathe in the sacred waters. There, he received a sudden and unexplainable recovery. He wasn't Catholic, but he received a Catholic miracle. Throughout the years, secular and religious sources have analyzed the water at Lourdes many times to find a hidden cure, but the spring remains a mystery. This is largely why the site remains such a popular destination today. The mystery that surrounds this fountain remains as controversial as it was when Bernadette first discovered it in 1858. Regardless of what you believe, it's clear there's something special in the city of Lourdes, France. For the millions of pilgrims that make the journey to the country town, the small spring will always be a beacon of hope and faith. I think if there's anything secular sources and Catholics can agree on, it's that a single mystery has the power to shape the world. And that might be the greatest gift of all. If you're looking for more Unexplained Mysteries, you can find us as well as all of ParCast's other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast directory. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. Many listeners ask how to help the show. If you enjoy the show, 
The best way to do that is to leave a five-star review. See you next Thursday. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskind, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Unexplained Mysteries is written by Michael Herman and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. <laughs>